everybody, and welcome to episode 287 of Vigigame Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparas of the Wild West Cow Boos of Boo Mesa. Uh, <laughs> who else is here in the ethereal Tyler Wild Memorial Studio with me? The rootinest, tootinest podcaster there ever was, Chris Antista. Sorry, hi. And Math Boo Howlin' Out! Man, that is a stretch. Uh, and joining us for the second time, it's special guest... Jeremiah Johnson. That's actually my first name. I'm better known as Leif Johnson, but huh. it's considering the episode. It's best to use my first name, which is Jeremiah. Yep. So it's Jeremiah Johnson. No, I was not named for the movie. <laughs> and you you are a legit Texan and an editor at Macworld. That's right. This is my real accent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> is it seriously? I'm, I'm overplaying it. But ah, it is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Buy gum them both southern names. They work well. That's right. Yeah. Uh, well, we. I, I just want to say first off, if you are listening to this on Friday, instead of playing Red Dead Redemption Two, thank you <laughs> for. I realize you have a lot of choices for entertainment, but the fact that you are listening to us at this moment means a lot. Means well, the now world. come on. If you're playing like 900 matches of Liar's Dice, there's no dialogue <laughs> to hear. That's yeah, true. That's true. You might be listening to us while you play Red Dead Redemption, in which case this will make an excellent companion because it's our our last week of Halloween themed shows. So those of you who hate the the spooky theme can uh, breathe a sigh of relief. Damn straight. But. Uh, we are going to do a cross-section theme here. Red Dead Redemption brings the westerns, and Halloween brings spoopy. So we are going to be doing horror-themed westerns. You yeah. mean to tell me this has happened more than five times? Sean <laughs> <laughs> <Shut> Marston, <laughs> you son of a bitch. Quit kissing on my zombie friend. By the way, I I do encourage you, listen to us over that 500,000 lines of dialogue in RDR2 as a fuck you to the Housers. (laughs) Actually, don't do that. Other people wrote I wouldn't say it was really a a fuck you. It was just incredulity. Like, I I just, I'm not, I'm not saying like, look at all the work they had to do. It's really just, my God, that's a a lot of lines. Yeah. Lines. Yeah. And, uh, Yeah. But oh man, how's everyone's week going? It's uh, it's crazy. None of us can play Red Dead yet. It's driving me insane. That's right. It's well, sitting I'm there. I'm preloading it right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sitting there on my mm-hmm. console. Yeah, I can probably wait. Mm-hmm. I have too yeah, much work. Wait. It's two <laughs> days. I got lots of games to play. Two days as of this recording. Maybe if I, I, do, I do have a last minute plug just because this only came together. Mm-hmm. If you are in the North Florida area, mm-hmm. I will be hosting a Halloween. Saturday afternoon uh, marathon of shorts at Cap City Video. So please put the Red Dead down for two hours and come watch spoopy black and white slash ancient slash some Simpsons cartoons live on the big screen with me as I dispense some trivia and give out some prizes. Yeehaw. Oh, man. Yeah. Or bring it with you. Be the only guy (laughs) streaming it to your Vita. I'll allow it. <laughs> that's that's exactly how Walt Disney intended the skeleton dance cartoon yes. to be enjoyed. <laughs> intended it to be ignored while you stream a video game on a handheld. Yeah, I only have one. No, I knew Roy that they'd be playing Western video games while watching my cartoons. I only have one question, Chris: uh, Ichabod and the Headless Horseman or GTFO? Uh, well, <laughs> let's put it this way: you don't have to GTFO. You can see a trailer on uh, our Facebook page and Cap City Video page. I put it together, and it's filled with at least a dozen spoilers for what we're playing, uh, and I cannot wait. Hmm. The Headless Horseman would have been a perfect oh. character. 
in the haunted it, wild west. Right. It and, and, totally and I should perfect, say yeah. we I should say we are filming it hopefully so we can give that video to patrons so you can have an illegal stream of copywritten <laughs> works hosted by me. If you're a patron, obviously we can't make that available to the public. You see why. Hmm. I guess. At the $5 level. In yeah. addition to all that bonus time crap in Elm Street Nightmare, how about uh, me hosting a night of cartoons with you? That sounds like a nice night, Chris. In a David S. Pumpkins outfit. <laughs> yep. Oh, sexy. You know it. I, is anyone <laughs> going to sexy David S. Pumpkins this year? I mean, it has to I'd be I'd like thing, to right? think so. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. All right. Well, we should probably... <laughs> Cut the shit and get straight to the Whoa. westerns. No, you got you got more no. shit. Nah, I'm done with plugs. No. Uh, All right, yeah. well, that's fine. That's fine. All right, well, we're going to dive headlong into the most terrifying westerns the video game industry has produced to date. Right after this, would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on Patreon.com/LaserTime. It supports not only this show but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Even like though we're pretty much in the same geographic area, I mean, uh, depending on like what type of damage was done, there'd be like one neighborhood that had power and one that didn't. We're on this like neighborhood Facebook group, and that like you start to see people get power, and some people don't, and some people they're just they just want to know if there's been any progress. Mm-hmm. They're not like harassing anybody or complaining necessarily, yeah. but and I feel like this is sort of like a southern thing, like where this like uh, virtue signaling happens, mm-hmm. where people are like, "Well, you've only been without power for three days. Go outside, talk to your neighbors, blah 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 blah." And it's it, it's it's so <laughs> annoying because I'm like, "Hey, I didn't. I'm not going over to Bay County and bitching about how I don't have power right. when somebody's house just got destroyed. We just wanted to know if there was like any update and." And it's also like, I don't want to talk to my neighbors. My neighbor is an asshole. I don't want to go over there and <laughs> talk with him. And so, yeah. My it's- neighbors, are, actually, the thing that brought me outside, and this is my one of my biggest dad moments, I was so bored. I'm in here, like, from my yeah. window watching, have nothing to watch but the fucking hurricane. Like, my dad mode came out like, well, better go clear some brush. See if the neighbors need any help. And, like, the first thing that brought me out of the house, like, I main on the left, is I'm looking across the street, and, like, the house across the street is, like, clearly, a, my neighbor actually explained it to me, like, a dipshit college kid who was given too nice a house to live in while in college <laughs> um, in a neighborhood of mostly working people. Right. And it's there's always, like, a ton of cars there. And, like, those people clearly, like, fucking left. Well, garbage men come in two days. I'll just put my trash out. Oh, I got blown in over. The hurricane? What the fuck is wrong with you? So, like, the first thing that happens is, like, this this <laughs> trash can tips over. I'm like, my win- this is the only screen I have, my window. And my cat and I are just sitting there, like, Oh, that trash can. It tipped over. It, there are bush cans everywhere. What do I do? Uh, my cat's like, and I'm literally talking to my cat now. You know what, bitch? If you don't go out there and rescue those cans, nobody will. So I'm out there like picking up cans in the fucking hurricane. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And we're back to talk about what? 
Haunted Westerns. Yes, haunted. That's a good way to put it. Haunted Westerns. Yes. Wicked Westerns. Wicked Westerns. Westerns. That's also good. You could say there's ghosts that follow everything that happened in the Old West. What's the name of that guy? He is the voice in so many different things. He was in uh, Robin Hood. Walter Brennan. Walter Brennan. Walter Brennan. But he lived Walter Brennan. years. He was in Back to the Future 3, wasn't he? He was, was one he of the run? guys in the was bar. Was he run for fun? What the <laughs> hell kind of fun is that? That's, that's what I, I, I can't imagine he was still alive but he was a character actor in a bunch of john wayne movies and i didn't go into looking who he was mm. until i did that article on um everybody uh robin williams of the genie was spoofing in aladdin and that just that where he goes he faced the galloping horse right. he's that he that's walter brennan and he's in a ton like a ton of john wayne movies playing the same fucking guy and he's <laughs> and he's also older than john wayne so if he's in back <laughs> to future three I don't know. Uh, I'll eat my burlap shit soaked shorts. Well, shoot uh, the horse and slap me silly. <laughs> yeah. Other stuff. Sarsaparilla and racism. <laughs> I don't have any other Western things. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's just jump in with this. Number five. Carnby. Greg Saunders, Hill Central. Cut it short, Greg. I've got problems. You're onto a new case? Not really, no. I'm alone in the dark. I'll explain some other time. Edward, I got a western that's high and dry in the desert. What? Has Billy Silver got a cold? The film crews disappeared. A thousand bucks plus expenses. Five hundred. Eight hundred. Conby, Emily Hartwood's out there. Yeah, your friend. She was part of the crew. Ah, then it's twelve hundred. Uh, who remembers this or ever played it Nobody. for that Nobody. Nobody. I have not heard a Jewish stereotype like that as a Hollywood person <laughs> in a very long time. This must be an ancient game. I remember that was one of the criticisms of it, actually. Yeah, was it? Yeah, really? it was. I remember. Yeah. This, this was in the early 90s. I think originally came out in 94, mm-hmm. and then again in 96, uh, which was the version we're hearing now. This is Alone in the Dark 3. And, mm. and Alone in the, in the Dark. the fucking dialogue, damn it. Yeah. Alone in the Dark is such a weird series, especially in the early three games, because, like, the first one was, like, unknowable Lovecraftian horror in a spooky mansion crawling with zombies, and then two and three were just like, yeah, you're pretty much just fighting human enemies, but they're zombies for the sake of the theme, but they just act like people, they follow you around and shoot guns, and, uh... One of them in Alone in the Dark 3 actually gets scared of you and runs away, which is like the least zombie thing to do. Yeah. Uh, and I should say, what you were just hearing is the, I guess, maybe remastered voice acting. I didn't realize yeah. going into this, there were two Obviously. different voice tracks. Mm-hmm. That That is the one from the Windows and Mac version, also known as Ghosts in Town. Uh, this is the original DOS version. Carnby. Greg Saunders, Hill Century. Cut it short, Greg. I've got problems. You're onto a new case? No, not really, no. I'm alone in the dark. I'll explain some other time. Oh, and it continues. After Las Vegas, go about as far as that black line. You see that on the map? That is the San Andreas Fault. Hey, that's the Mojave Desert out there. Out there. Are they just doing the Californians? <laughs> right. Then you get off on the 10, and then you take that to La Brea. Yeah, they they envisioned the Californians about twenty years before it actually happened. And then you plug in your sound blastic sound card, Bubby, mm-hmm. Bubble Up. <laughs> this dialogue's amazing. Yeah. So if you if you've never played Alone in the Dark, this was kind of the precursor to the Resident Evil series, mm-hmm. where like yeah. you just had like a bunch of fixed cameras, but you're moving around three dimensional characters and fighting three dimensional monsters. You solve puzzles. At one point, like th- this game isn't really 
scary by any stretch, but it does do some interesting things with the gameplay. At one point, for example, you you get killed. You have to throw down your gun, and uh, you're immediately shot full of holes, but you are resurrected in the body of a mountain lion by just this shaman who just suddenly shows up for no reason. And I learned a new word listening to his voice track. This amulet brought you back from the land of the dead, Wasikam. But there is a task you must accomplish before you can attain human form. Wasikan or Wasichu. Yeah. Is, uh, it's, a, it's like a Lakota uh, word for uh, whitey. I know that from <laughs> Dances with Wolves, because that was what they uh, said in Dances with Wolves, uh, Wasichu. Yeah, well, te- technically yeah. it just means person who isn't a native, uh, yes. but it's kind of coming to mean, you know, whitey. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, oh, man. I cannot believe we have to explain Alone in the Dark. It got a movie. I know. It got a really crappy movie yeah i mean every video game is really what they're usually movie. not that mm. bad that was pretty bad but it's like it's like the, the movies like the but it was like the death rattle for that series that game was like kind of synonymous with pc gaming for about 10 years and i've i haven't thought about it in like five years nobody has really yes. and it got it got crazy. two reboots yeah. there was the new nightmare that came out on the dreamcast and yeah. then there was the just alone in the dark, beginning the trend of uh, when we reboot a game, we'll just give it the original title mm-hmm. and not bother with any subtitles or numbers. Um, even though this is actually a sequel to the first game and not just a straight up <laughs> reboot, the open world Central Park game. But it's easy to forget that, yes, there was this one trilogy and it was a trilogy and there were these... Like I think two is much more popular than three. Three was yes. actually like it's really hard to find playthroughs on YouTube that don't have someone talking over them. For example, it's hard to find anything like that. Yeah. So, um, and it's it's impossible to find uh, the Ghosts in Town voice track, which I think is the superior one, unlike the original, which, by the way, is the version that you can get on Steam right now. This amulet brought you back from the land of the dead, Wazigun. <laughs> But there is a task you must accomplish before you can attain human form. See, I think that one might just be like one voice actor filling in for several characters. And they just like, okay, we'll we'll just do actual voice actors for the Mr. Anderson. (laughs) (laughs) You will be using the talisman. Mm -hmm. One of these lives has a future. The other is a mountain lion. You know, it's not a good horror game without a good talisman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, what's the deal here that... uh, he, he tells you you have to find this golden eagle and return it to the earth within the time limit. And if you do that, you can return to your body and be resurrected and, and spook a zombie. Uh, or you can just die. But yeah, the, the town, this uh, slaughter gulch, is under a curse. Because uh, years and years ago, a prospector found a golden eagle while he was out panning, and people heard about the golden eagle and came in droves to hunt for gold. But uh, quickly, because the eagle was cursed, it quickly devolved into chaos and slaughter, and the place got its name, and the ghost town was still there. And somehow a film crew thought it would be a great idea to just trek out there and shoot a movie. Um, which, you know, f- seems like yeah, yeah, it's a cheap set. But, uh, but at what cost? <laughs> Uh, man, but it's, this was a fun game, you know, for, for as much as I'm making fun of it. Uh, it, it was, 
you know, still, while it wasn't scary, it was still a solid entry in the series, and it was the first one, as far as I'm aware, to have a fucking rockin' theme song during the end credits. There's a new sheriff in town, but he's all alone. Alone in the dark. This might set a record. Woo! Take it off, baby! Yeah! <laughs> We're trying to sound like Guns N' Roses without getting sued. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's funny because I'm I'm pretty sure that the singer is French because if you listen closely, <laughs> you can just hear certain pronunciations like "fast on the dro." Oh, uh, you know who developed that? Because when I was listening to some infograms, oh, well, it, it was uh, a lot of the dubs that I was seeing. Oh, well, it wasn't even a dub; it was you know there was in French when I was trying to find YouTube mm-hmm, playback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, mm. so yeah, it's it's a French game originally. Okay, okay. So yeah, that was yeah. a yeah. Mm-hmm. that's good theme music. It's not nearly as good as the stuff from Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. Which has like the most blatant '80s ass soundtrack, where they're like singing about Jason, the man in the mask. Oh man, yeah, it's it's Alice Cooper actually, oh, wow. and I, I just we were talking about him. He had a new album in 2008 and 30 2010, and it's just like, man, if you like Alice Cooper, I don't think we can be friends. <laughs> this is, I really hate this, and I, I never I never listened to it enough to to hate it before. But it's like, yeah, it is like it is. The Dirty Strip Club's theme song. It is, it is real bad. I never thought of Feed My Frankenstein in the con- context of a strip club, but now that you said yeah, that, yeah. it's super gross. Yeah. It's metal with no edge to it whatsoever, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just stripper music. He was he was self-aware by the 80s, by the Wayne's World appearances in the 90s. Mm-hmm. He, he kind of was, he, he was leaning into it. Yeah, it was just a character. It was only ever a character. Yeah. And that's not even his only song about Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. He's got another one on the Friday the 13th Part 6 soundtrack. Teenage Frankenstein. <laughs> uh, teenage Frankenstein. Yeah, I know Do that Do you one. know it? Or you just... <laughs> that is how it goes. That is how it goes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like Bob O'Reilly. That, it's a teenage Frankenstein. Uh, all right. Date, wow. rape, booze, big... I don't know. Like, <laughs> I cannot stand that style of music. I fucking hate it. Uh. Well, let's move on to an even sillier game. Number four. Well, here we are. Wouldn't exactly call it a ghost town. Seems lively enough to me. It ain't ghosts I have to worry about. It's the living. Better be ready for trouble. Well, it's also ghosts, to be yeah. fair. <laughs> this is a horror game, sort of. Uh, any any guesses as to what this could be? Uh, Alan Wake goes west. Oh, I wish that existed. <laughs> right. Uh, well, this this might uh, ring a bell. Ah, good day to you, sir. How distasteful it is to have all that dust blowing about out there. I just bet my bottom dollar that a fine figure of a man like you is just dying for a wash and shave. Hmm. <laughs> No shit, I thought that was Chris for the first couple of times. I do a much better impression of the chef and the little man. <laughs> do you remember what this is, Chris? Because we've talked about this before with that same clip. Is this the filthily named Silverloom? Yes! <laughs> yeah. Yes, I try, I've tried to play this and stream this so many times, but like these voice clips make it really hard mm-hmm. to, uh, uh, let's say... Emulate mm-hmm. on the MLG machine. Wow, oh, is that you mean? You mean like this voice clip? It's a fierce, ill-ridden night for some stranger to come calling at my door. Can I be of service to you, stranger? Silverload is a close-knit community, Mister. 
I dare say rather uninteresting, judging by a man of your appearance. None of that makes sense! Yeah, don't you prefer my shitty prospector voice to theirs? <laughs> yeah. That guy got paid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when is one of those games where you spent most of your time trying to find the right spot yes. on the thing? Yes. And it's like, I couldn't possibly touch that, or something like that. It's <laughs> a first-person point-and-click, oh, nothing interesting there. Yeah. It's one of those two where if you if you do stuff in the wrong order, you're fucked and it's game over. Mm-hmm. Oh god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if you uh, you go to sleep in the inn and you don't close and lock your door, werewolves will come in the middle of the night and tear you apart. Oh, god. Well, that's just reality. <laughs> Let's mm-hmm. be honest. Yeah, I mean the same thing could happen in any hotel, really. Um, but you are in Silverload. You are a uh, nameless cowboy who uh, looks. You know, like he has uh, heavy Native American influences in his outfit and uh, wears cool goggles with a top hat for a neat steampunk effect. But uh, he is sent out by a stranded wagon train to try and rescue some kids that have been kidnapped by werewolves in the middle of the night. And you have to talk to people like this to make that happen. How dare you come in here? Don't you think we've suffered enough without you pretending that you will help us? <laughs> Can't we give this man a chance? This stranger's all the help we have right now. And in my opinion, I believe he will help us. In his opinion, he believes that you will help us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, Pay your editors, people. Yeah. <laughs> This uh, this actually came out. This is the PlayStation One version. And it came out after mm-hmm. a PC version that had uh, somewhat more down to earth, but uh, therefore less entertaining voice acting. Ah, good day to you, sir. How distasteful it is to have all that dust blowing about out there. I just bet my bottom dollar that a fine figure of a man like you is just dying for a wash and shave. Hmm. Like, that's still silly, but at least it's believable compared to that, oh, good day, sir. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. More believable, not preferable. Though. Right. I like I like the over-the-top yeah. version. I did. Yeah. So I haven't played this. Yeah. Can I venture a few guesses? Sure. Uh, Silverload, werewolves involved. Can I just guess that silver bullets are going to play into this somehow? You would think so, but everything that I've no, seen No, wrong. Yeah. Your goal is to get to the whorehouse and shoot your silver load all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I can't be the only one who thinks of that every time they hear this title, I mean, which yes, is too often in my life. It's, it's also <laughs> worth noting, it's not silver load, L-O-D-E, like a large amount of silver. So, it's L-O-A-D. Yeah. As in loading a gun. Mm-hmm. Sure. Or another yes. type of load. Or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but as, as far as I know, I could be wrong, but I've, I've played some of this, I've scrubbed through YouTube walkthroughs, uh, there are action sequences on rails where you just, like, shoot at the same two or three cowboy sprites. You're trespassing on my patch! I'll blow your face from here to Texas! Scatter, boys! <laughs> So yeah, just kind of slow, drifting around with the gun. Oh, there's a guy. Shoot, shoot, shoot. Okay, he's down. Uh, you don't appear to get to fight any monsters or werewolves, so I'm just kind of wondering, like, what's the point? Yeah, just to be a, a better-looking Mad Dog McCree, I guess. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> oh, man. Sil- Silverload, you know, for all the shit we give it, it is, it is still an interesting game. I think there really isn't much else like it, but... Uh, it's much more fun to play this next one. 
Number three. Back in the days when the West was wild, anarchy ruled and madness spread across the land. So this is a game that came out a few years ago in 2015. It feels like XCOM in the Old West. This is Hard West. Hard West. Hard West. Yeah. Hard West. Yes. And named because it is kind of hard. It's <laughs> sort of unforgiving. Doesn't let you save in the middle of matches. Uh, but uh, it's, it starts out just being kind of like very bleak Western. You're, you're just constantly under siege from bandits and getting into fights with Mexican loan sharks. Uh, and whenever you shoot someone, they just explode in blood, and it sounds like this. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's something undeniably satisfying about it, in, again, in an XCOM kind of way. After the first few missions, maybe the first couple hours, uh, things start to take a slightly creepier bent, and supernatural influences bleed in more noticeably. Out of thin air, a gentleman appeared, offering to resolve your predicament in return for your soul. Unaware of the gravity of your situation, you told him to go to hell, just as they surrounded the saloon. Ooh, that's scary. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, you're running from the law and playing cards and uh, winning enough to get by, but winning means someone has to lose, and so you incur the wrath of the mysterious masked man who doesn't like to lose at cards. Okay. The saloon gets surrounded... Uh, you, you're with, like, the love of your life, and uh, she gets gunned down, and then you get gunned down, and then this happens. You gave your last breath, but on that breath, you pledged to him. You gave your soul for a shot at revenge. Trapped betwixt life and death, you now belonged to neither realm. The coffin nails didn't hold fast. You were supposed to be dead, so no one took notice right away. Yep, you get to rise from the dead as a zombie bent on revenge and uh, just start shooting your way through the Old West. And I think at that point, it becomes a lot more fun because it's, <laughs> it's less about like, oh, I got to do this hard scrabble survival and try to make money and eat. And, and it just becomes like... How much damage can you wreak? Uh, oh, if you get a kill a hundred people, you'll get a bonus. Uh, maybe, yeah, find find this mansion owned by the mass man. Uh, you can choose to grab all the valuables, but then the servants might escape. Or you can, uh, you know, try to kill some of the servants, but then the rest will run away with the valuables. And or you could just padlock them in there and set fire to the whole thing. And <laughs> that's a thing you can do because you're a bastard now. Yeah, I don't know how I miss this game, because I love this genre. Mm -hmm. I love XCOM-type games, and I love the setting. Um, and then I was just kind of looking at reviews, and some asshole named Tyler Wilde, a PC gamer, <laughs> he only gave it a 6.1 out of 10, saying the presentation is aced, so, so mm -hmm. that's good, but the the combat's too rote to be engrossing. And I mean, it's not hugely varied. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's really all just about... Uh, getting an angle on your opponents with yeah. conventional firearms and, you know, outflanking them. You don't get grenades or dynamite or fun stuff but, like that. But there is none of that bullshit in XCOM where you can be like a foot away and miss because it's, it's uh, number rolls. Like it actually right. is guaranteed hits from point blank, which I like. Yeah. That's... Well, it, it gives you a percentage. And like, yeah, if you get point blank, it is an automatic 100% shot. Yeah. That is the worst feeling ever in XCOM where you have a machine mm -hmm. gun. Yeah. You're one tile away from a guy <laughs> and you just get the bad roll and you're like, 
Oh, that was fun. Uh, I seem to remember people griping about that game because they said that, you know, you had to cover mechanics and everything that you would have in XCOM and stuff. But, you know, once it gets into the supernatural part, you throw in things like some creature or something is in the sunlight and you can kill it like immediately. Was it, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. and so it actually kind of X'd out some of the, you know, the cover tactics and everything. Yeah. And people thought it actually was a little too easy mm-hmm. towards the end. I mean, I, I still think it's pretty difficult. Well, like, for example, uh, at one point there's an optional mission. It's like, hey, this fucking horned, literal horned demon in like a, uh, a, a flannel shirt just like holed up in this town, retired with his, uh, earnings that he'd stolen over the years and so uh let's go fuck him up and take his stuff and yeah this demon shows up and he looks like tim curry in legend but dressed (laughs) like a cowboy and he's got like 12 hit points which is a ridiculous amount of hit points everyone else has between like four and six um there are some weird things that it's just like this is done so straight-faced i'm not sure if it's a reference like you can recruit a character who is literally named old man murray and uh, <laughs> doesn't seem to have any references to sean baby or eric Wolpaw, but uh i was gonna say what did he almost get away with it if it wasn't for those darn kids <laughs> oh maybe it just looks like some some weird glassy-eyed uh prospector <laughs> but uh yeah i mean and it has this has some interesting mechanics too in that like there's a luck system and uh if for example someone shoots you and it misses like you'll see it it subtracts from your luck score so it's like Uh, you won't be so lucky next time you just lost like 50 luck points but then if you get hit it adds to your luck so you you know you're you're due to be missed a couple times maybe um but also interestingly this doesn't just follow like there's a main Mm storyline with uh you know this father character and Warren, the uh, the young lover who comes back from the dead, and you sort of alternate between playing them. But then there's also a secondary storyline uh, with this scientist who is trying to cure madness in the Old West. And he's accompanied at all times by like, these three burly Pinkerton agents that he doesn't know where they came from. They just showed up and announced that they're, they've been hired to help him, and they're all named Persons. Just A persons, B persons, and C persons. If he cures madness, will it just be called Dog McCree? Hmm. I guess, yeah. Just Dog McCree. <laughs> uh, slobber Dog McCree. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> that was dumb, right? That was really dumb. <laughs> oh no, Matt, you bled out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this game is is a lot of fun. Like there, there is a lot to it. it. It does like there, there are the the bits like the bits in between missions. I don't really like that much. Where it's just like here's a big map and you're clicking around on it trying to do various objectives to make money or gather resources. It's like just let me shoot some dudes. That's all I want to do. Anyway, do get to shoot plenty of dudes in number two. You are Jericho Cross, gunslinger, renegade, outlaw. Behind you, a bloody trail of robbery and revenge. Ahead of you, one last train to rob. Tonight, your life will end. And your legend will begin. I mean, nothing will go wrong. The train robbery will go off without a hitch. Go ahead, go do it. Uh, any anyone want to say what this is before I play the line? That's Dark Watch, a secret organization to protect mankind. They are the front line in an unholy war. They are the Dark, 
Dark Watch. More like Dork Watch. <laughs> <laughs> so much promise. Yeah. Such a great premise. It and really was. Yet just promise and premise. But just fell short. Just yeah. like yeah, just I mean, it was it was pretty good uh if you like at its core, I think gameplay-wise, it had a lot of uh, inspiration from Halo, in that like it the the way that the resource the management with the guns, like you had two guns, you could swap between them, uh, you had like a regenerating shield kind of thing. You even had like levels where you hop into like this steampunk jalopy with machine guns and start rolling over zombies. Um, but it had a lot of cool touches that were all its own. For example, the Dark Watch Revolver should have maybe gone on our list of best starter things, except that it's not quite a starter. You only get it once you fully join Dark Watch after you become a vampire. Mm-hmm. Uh, long, long story, I guess, but it is a 24 shot revolver that yeah. sounds like this. I just I loved doing that. That like you're you're just fanning the trigger, and as you sh- the more you shoot, the faster the the fire rate gets. Oh, God. And it's just it's so satisfying to just wield that kind of power with a fucking pistol. And it also like the the other cool thing about it was it was a great melee weapon because it had an axe blade yeah. in the the handle, so you just like reverse your grip and. I kind of like the whole aesthetic of it. It was like uh, you know Solomon Kane mm-hmm. from Robert Howard. It, you know the character as he you know this look and yeah. everything kind of reminded me of that. Oh yeah, I had yeah. to look this up because you said a twenty-four shot revolver, and I'm like, how can you physically fit that many shots in mm-hmm. a revolver's casing? And it was like a triple casing that was all lined up. Down yeah, the it, gun, it has right? like a like a long cylinder that just slides into the bottom of the gun. And yeah, the idea with Dark Watch is, is they have all this like proprietary steampunk yes. technology that's unknown to the rest of the world, other than Will Smith. And mm-hmm. Well, see, I'll go West. one further than you. I think that the game is start. It, it is set in 1876, and trains did not even come to Arizona where it is set until 1877. Mm. So yes, so we're going for factual yeah. here. Pretty sure they weren't too worried about facts in the vampire <laughs> yeah. cowboy game. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a 24 <laughs> shot revolver, yeah. yeah, you uh, you start out the game as just a bandit who happens to rob the wrong train, as it's also being a train owned by Darkwatch, as it's also being robbed by monsters. You get bitten by the main villain and turn into a vampire, and for some reason, uh, the Darkwatch operatives take pity on you and decide like to turn you to their side. So they do try to kill you at first, but yeah. you, you survive their tests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and so you become a vampire cowboy fighting on the side of good to destroy demons. Yeehaw. And you fight a lot of zombies. You fight some banshee creatures, which you heard in that last clip, uh, all dressed appropriately for the Old West. Production was pretty good. Had Jennifer Hale, uh, Rose McGowan, McGowan as, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. as voice actresses. Really? Yeah. Ow! Yeah. Uh, was, she, was she Tala or Cassidy? I believe McGowan was Tala. Don't talk much, do you? <laughs> That's all right. I've always gone for the tall, dark, and bloodthirsty type. Watch your back out there, Jericho. Not everyone's as happy as I am to have you in the Dark Watch. Uh, okay. I'm not sure why I put emphasis on happy. happy. Um, I know why. <laughs> I did remember a happy memory about this game. Yeah. Uh, there, the Playboy tie-in. No, the Playboy tie-in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where oh, Darkwatch was in a segment called, like, Playboy Grows that. Up, where lots of characters from video games, I think, 
Scarface. I was working on Scarface. I think we got a character in that. Oh, it was man. it was a Playboy spread right. of just video game three D models nude yeah, in Playboy. Blood Rain. Blood Rain was Blood definitely Rain one. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, something from some someone from Dark Watch. Oh, was there anyone from Leisure Suit Larry? <laughs> oh no, I think Magna that's the whole thing. Out. Is a, is huh. a. There was the star of Lord Garriott's Tabula Rasa. Oh, shit. <laughs> if anybody can remember that. That helped fund uh, his yeah. trip to space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was all the Playboy cover. Nobody bought the game. <laughs> Yet so Tala was the half-vampire temptress who appeared in Playboy. I, mm. it, was just, it was such a lame thing. Like, how could you forget that? Like, really? Yeah. Well, she, <sighs> she becomes a half-vampire, actually, after she... During the sex scene, she gets you to bite her. And then she's like, ha ha, fuck y'all. I'm going to turn bad now. <laughs> Unlike uh, Cassidy Sharp, who uh, who's the, the good girl. My friends call me Cassidy Sharp, but you can call me boss. Watch my back if you want to yeah, live. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think spoilers, uh, Cassidy dies at some point and becomes a ghost who's yes. like your, your ghost conscience. She's like Cortana, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then uh, Tala, yeah, is again. That's a, that's a spoiler too. Sort of, she becomes a bad girl vampire and starts fighting against you. And uh, but then you you get to make a choice between them. I think near the end, it's like, are you going to be good and find redemption, or are you going to be bad and live forever as a marauding vampire? Why not both? Yeah, why not both? I, could you do one for a little while and then do the other? Like you live forever, yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I mean, if redemption's possible, it's possible down the road, right? <laughs> you don't just get one chance at it. <laughs> oh man, it's so it's so strange. This had a uh, um, a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. And it, it's High Moon Studios making yeah. it, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And, and it's it's failure, sort of like. <laughs> They had to hitch their horse, hitch horse. their horse to the license game uh, factory, and they've made pretty valiant strides mm-hmm. in that field. But like, yeah, they they had one shot at something crazy ambitious, and it just sort of uh, fizzled out. I remember, I and remember we why have a good Transformers game without. Now it. I remember why I know so much about this game is because when I was at Vivendi, uh, we were in talks with High Moon because they were going to work on the Born game. That eventually did come they, out. They did, yeah, they yeah. Did. And so, um, and then that's that's how High Moon ultimately ended up being acquired as, as at Activision. They were an Activision studio for a while because of of that deal. They were working with Vivendi, and then they kind of went over, uh, and they were working on um, Activision games for a while. So yeah, I remember kind of like being in talks with them when they were still working on this game, and I ended up with the sheriff's badge. I still have like that the skull oh, badge, wow, and it yeah. has like vampire vampire fangs on it. It's just really cool for costumes, yeah. but it's uh, a bit much. <laughs> yeah, I think it might have been like a pre-order incentive or yeah. something, part of an ultimate edition. The, the Dark Watch's whole theme was really a bit much. It's, it's like, over the top. You've got these ridiculous gothy weapons that make no sense, uh, and but although yeah, it didn't fail for lack of marketing because in addition to that Playboy spread, I remember. Like, it, it was all over the place for a while. Like, that was actually a reasonably popular Halloween costume. Mm-hmm. Or at least I saw a lot of ads for the, the Jericho Cross Halloween costume. Mm-hmm. It was a thing that existed. Mm-hmm. Well, it was basically just a big cassock with a floppy hat and, a like, a, a hood that covered your entire face. And, and you know, that's what or, I was... It was back in... You know, 1870s Arizona, and some of the settings were just—it's like you know—they're definitely going for the old European feel. It's mm-hmm. like you know, we're, we're not in Tombstone anymore. It was yeah. so. 
I, I don't know who built this desert in 19th century, <laughs> or th- this cathedral in 19th century Arizona, but uh, it's there. Uh, but is it as there as? I don't know what I was going for there either. I'm sorry about your father. I'd like to say he died doing what he loved. But he never was one for eating folks. <sighs> this is the best. This is the best. This is, this is one of the best DLC editions of all time. Yeah, Probably all the best. In one of the best zombies. games of all time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I think uh, the, the only downside here is that Red Dead 2 comes out so close to Halloween, you know you'll have to wait a year yep. before you play anything like this for RDR It's part of the, the live game plan. Unless it's yes. an expansion, yeah, in the online. And it's like mm-hmm. the, I think I was reading somewhere, the day is the exact anniversary of when the uh, Undead Nightmare actually no came shit. out. No yep. shit. Huh. Wow. wow. But yeah, uh, this fundamentally changed the landscape of uh, Red Dead Redemption. Made everything very spooky and... Uh, you had all these familiar towns that had been overrun by zombies, so you had to like fight the zombies in waves before you could purify the town, make it safe for people again. Let me let me just do this now. So spoilers. Uh, the other thing that it did, which was cool, is it brought back John Marston mm-hmm. as the main playable character because if you beat the original Red Dead Redemption, you know that yeah, what happens? Yeah. You know, it happens at the end, and then you eventually start playing as his son. And yeah. not only that, there have been a lot of. There's been a lot of theorizing that, uh, you know, this might be just a non-canon departure or it might be what happens to him in the afterlife. Like, this is his uh, purgatory. That sucks. And I mean, that's that's sort of driven home. Again, spoilers. Uh, skip ahead 30 seconds if you don't want to find out what happens at the very end of Undead Nightmare. Uh, after you finish the story and uh, everything has fallen into place, John Marston rises from the grave as a zombie. And you could just play as a zombie from now on, and all of his dialogues are placed with... <laughs> but he's a good zombie. Not like these zombies. Jack, be kind to your mother. Abigail, teach the boy right from wrong. Both of Stop biting chunks out of people. Be back as soon as I can. Yeah, at the beginning of Undead Nightmare, his family gets zombified, so he just uh, ties them up. And leaves them at the homestead and is like, okay, I'm just going to go and try to cure this, whatever this is. And the rest of the game is him trying to get to the bottom of it, following a bunch of false leads. At one point, becomes convinced that uh, his disgusting necrophiliac friend Seth is uh, is at the heart of it because of a glass eye that he stole from a grave. Yeah. But Seth is having none of it. Oh, boo-hoo! Big tough John Marson has scared a little undead creature walking around. Moses wouldn't hurt a fly, would you, darling? And Seth is, like, one of the only humans who never gets attacked by the undead. It, yeah, and that, that scene that you're doing, it looks like the zombie just standing right there next to him. And he, like, even says, there's yeah. nothing wrong with it. Yeah, he just, like, well, they're, they're like, it. dancing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Seth's, Seth's gross. Let me say something about when he actually finds, you know, what his, his, his wife and child and stuff. So, you know, the uncle comes in. He's uh, mad and got bleeding from the gums and all this stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he says uh, to his wife, let me go get my gun. Now, I'm from Texas. I grew up on a ranch. I did all that cowboy stuff and everything. He goes out to the barn to get his gun. 
That is not. That would never happen. I can't no, see that with a John Martin. Like you'd want the gun close to where you could grab it. You'd have it over the door or something. Yeah, he has it out in the barn. You go out to the back of your truck where it's hanging on a gun rack. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, also, this is John Marston. He should have about twenty guns hanging from his belt at all times. And he doesn't. I mean, he's got the. He leaves his wife in this room with this zombie, mm-hmm. and it doesn't like. Come on, honey, come with me. No, well, just, they, they're both zombies yeah, at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, before that happens, before he takes a munch out of her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, but yeah, this this was just a, a super fun game. It did introduce like a bunch of new weapons, like the blunderbuss, which yeah. you could just used to shred hordes of zombies. Introduce the four horses yes. of the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. You could hunt down the chupacabra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yes. yeah the, there was, I think there was like zombie bears too. Yes. I remember there was there was definitely there supernatual were. creatures. You could finally fight Bigfoot in a fucking uh, Rockstar yep. game. I've seen a lot of strange things recently, but no Sasquatch running around here, <laughs> nor no place else. They, they're made up. There's Sasquatches every place, cowboy. They're nastier than your mother-in-law with a bad case of that virus. Uh, spoilers, they're, they're not. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, just, I just didn't remember the Red Dead universe having its own Steve Zahn. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that was the culmination of... Do you, you guys remember where the Sasquatch rumors came from? Uh, was it... For GTA? It was, a, was it San, uh, San Andreas? Yeah, San Andreas. There were online rumors mm-hmm. that were circulating like crazy that there's like something out in the deep woods. And some people were saying Bigfoot's out there. Some people were saying uh, Leatherface is out there. And there's like some guy with revving a chainsaw that chases you. Pigsy's out there from Manhunt. Yeah. Um, no, I love that's oh, one of my wow. favorite things of Rockstar Games is the conspiracy theories. So the the one from five was the aliens and how mm-hmm. there was people saying there's something underneath the mountain. And I Did think they finally when, figure that one out. Well, even it's one of those things where if the game shipped and it wasn't in there, it's been long enough when they've done all the online stuff where they could have just added it to the game at to play into those conspiracy theories. So uh, hmm. yeah, I don't I don't ever remember getting final resolution on that. But there was definitely things where like alien ships hmm. would come in and. and if you tried to attack them, it was like insta death when you touch them. And, and well, there were alien, there were UFOs all over the place in that game. If you knew where yeah. to look, like, yeah. and it wasn't, yeah. it was just that, like, you could find them in the clouds if you like flew up there, but then yeah. uh, you'd just pass right through them. Yeah, uh, there were some uh, under under the ocean, just like buried in reefs. Yeah, there's the one in the ice. Uh, in you can only see it in one of the heist levels. Yeah, one of the the aliens is buried under the ice, right. and, yeah. and at the very beginning. And those actually, that same alien model appears in I think it's uh, Michael's drug trip. Like, yeah, when, yeah, you when fight waves of them in, in the drug trip. Yeah, right? just yeah. takes a hit off the like, no, legalize this weed, and then like have these insane drug trips. And Michael's was <laughs> uh, aliens everywhere. I think Trevor's was clowns, and then um, Franklin, uh, he just takes a hit off of it and is just like, what is this? Waves of white people just yeah. <laughs> running. <at him. laughs> the no, most no, terrifying it's, it's thing like, of all. What's this weak ass shit? <laughs> it doesn't do anything to him. He's the only one. Uh, I like my answer better. <laughs> sure. The white people are scary, man. Fucking wasichis. <laughs> <laughs> it's a callback. It's a callback. I know. I know. <laughs> oh, man. So that's been our top five, unless anyone has anything to add about Red Dead. It's. I, it, was there a horror 
Western thing we missed or nearly made the list that I, I mean, think there's of? Blood, uh, which I I played some of, and it's just like, well, this is definitely a horror shooter. I'm just not getting the Western vibe so much. There were a lot of uh-huh. weird Westerns that Michael oh, yeah. and I talked about. Weird Tons of ones. weird yeah. Westerns, and yeah. decided, like, it's a huge field, and most of them aren't horror-themed, like um, yeah, Tin Star, for example. Yeah, or they'll they'll have horror elements. Like, West of Loathing has, you can fight mm-hmm. zombies, or not zombies, you can fight skeletons, and there's, like, a ghost horse you can pick, but it's not a horror game. It's just, it has, part of the Old West is the ghost towns and kind of, like, mm-hmm. those legends. It's mm-hmm. a good setting for all that kind of thing, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> well... Here's what I have to add about Red Dead Redemption. I hope I'm playing the second one by the time you all hear this. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we'll talk about some new releases, some news, some other stuff, so stay tuned! Expect no mercy If you head out of west Cause if you ain't got the guts There's a new sheriff in town, but he's all alone, alone in the dark. Let's get scratching. Is the world of today getting you down? Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago this very week with our show 30, 20, 10. Here's a clip from 1998. But uh, most importantly, Metal Gear Solid comes out. I've heard of this. And even Diane understands the importance because your husband is a huge freak for Metal Gear Solid. Loves his MGS. Uh, But that that comes out now. And and just if you've been listening to the show and don't know games, you may have heard us talk about the original Metal Gear Solid from 1988. And it's this is such a weird departure for that series. It ended up that's a game that people sort of remembered, but not terribly fondly, and then this game comes out and sort of redefines what the entire medium can do. Die, what's your experience with Metal Gear? I know my husband likes it, I know there's a whole bunch of games, and I know everyone has funny names, like Solid Snake, and like Naked Radio Snake. Ocelot, yeah. and... Revolver like, Ocelot! Oh, it's Revolver Ocelot, yeah. and like Stabby Pangolin, <laughs> and Sneeze on Your Red Panda. No! <laughs> Jump into the past with 302010 every Thursday on lasertimepodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Five, four, three, two, one. And welcome back to our final segment of this week where we will waste no time in cutting straight ahead to the thing you really care about, the thing we really care about, which is not listening to me talk and give this spiel that always precedes the... But talking about the games themselves, which we will get to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Red Dead Redemption 2 is huge. It's the only thing anyone cares about anymore, and none of us are playing it right now. Why aren't we playing it? Because uh, we don't have any friends at Rockstar? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I want to play the cowboy game very badly. Yeah, me, too, me as well. I had friends at Rockstar, but they all went to other places. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we will be playing it by the time you hear this, but uh, it's... We're just sort of in that sort of senior slump or senioritis where, like, it's it's right around the corner and none of us really want to do anything else. It's all we can think about. No, it's today, man. It's yeah. today. It's today. You're playing it right now, probably. But Red Dead Redemption 2, yes, we are all very excited for it. Uh, we are all ready for the internet 
to shut down because of the amount of traffic from people playing this online. Surely, surely. Yes. That or Castlevania Requiem. Mm. <laughs> I, I just read about their, their fucking... Uh, um, I love it. The, the interactive uh, mobile app? Map? Huh? That has an interactive map. Like, yeah. Remember how like I was how sad I was when we lost our Wii U because the only real good mm-hmm. use of the Wii U was turning it, your TV into a DS with a, a dynamic map beneath you? Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe there'll be an app out for iOS and Android that yeah. wow, is your map. They're doing that again. Yes, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Ubisoft used to do that with Assassin's Creed. Yeah, the whole industry yeah. did that for a few yeah. years yeah, and yeah. everyone stopped. I'm mm-hmm. talking about a map that matters, Michael. <laughs> oh, I will God say damn, the I mean, Destiny app is... is Pretty useful and pretty good. Yeah, yeah I saw a couple of people say, "What is this? 2011?" So, yeah. <laughs> the, hey, the Destiny app is like the only way you can change out your gear mid level and not have to go back to the tower or to a locker to change it out. So. Hmm. Yeah, like that shit was hyper convenient, and I really, I, I did like. What was the Assassin, Assassin's Creed three? That, that's what I played with Wii U. Uh, maybe three or three and four were both on Wii U. Okay, yeah, I mean that was like the only reason to play it there, <laughs> even though uh, its surround sound just shorted out all the dialogue. Uh, well, I mean, it was it was the best version of uh, four that was not on PS4 or Xbox One mm. or PC. So yeah. Man, that was like fifty fucking Assassin's Creeds ago. Mm. Oh my god! <laughs> GTA Five had a pretty robust app. I remember too. It it had the uh, the the, the iFruit app where you could uh, you could train Chop. Yeah, you could train Chop, and then I never really got it to work. I didn't. Mm. It was supposed to have benefits in the game, like oh yeah, he's going to listen to you more, and it mm. never really worked. For never me. really noticed it. I never yeah. really spent that much time around Chop anyway. No. Well, I, that's that. My concern was that Red Dead Red Dead's map or or world was so was kind of confusing previously, and they're like promising even bigger shit. So it'd be nice to not have to pause the game every single time, just like glance down. And look where I am. Yeah, sure. Does it does it not have a mini map? I've been kind of in a, a blackout about what's in the game. Like, I mean, I'm sure it does. I've sort of been purposely in a blackout in that there's been so much coming out about the game that I've just at this point I've become immune to it, and I'm avoiding it. Just kind of saying, you know what? It comes out in a few days. Like, mm. or, I'm sorry, it comes out today. Mm-hmm. I'm playing it. I'm going yeah, to avoid. I'm, the I'm news. actually slightly annoyed when I see like stuff popping up in my Twitter feed. Like, oh, here's a new factoid about Red Dead Two. Yeah. It's like it's out in two days. Yeah. <laughs> as I as I was doing the news for this, it's like something leaks ahead of Red Dead, and I'm like, this this doesn't matter. I, I, I don't want to know anything matter. else. I just want it in my hands. Yeah. Yeah. Man, cannot wait. Cannot wait. Mm, yeah, yeah. So We're, expect thoughts on Red Dead mm-hmm. next Friday's episode. We're all very excited, but uh, we actually have played some games that have come out since our last show. Uh, Return of the Obra Dinn, I'm super excited about. It's uh, it's a game by Lucas Pope, who previously did Papers, Please. Mm-hmm. And it is a bizarre game that it's like was supposed to be... It was first announced like four and a half years ago, and I think... Pope was quoted as saying, like, oh, it shouldn't take me more than six months to do. Uh, four and a half years later, <laughs> uh, here we have it. And it's a it's basically a murder mystery, but a very strange setup. Have any of you played it? I, I haven't had, had time. I've just seen it looks like a Wall Street Journal stipple painting come <laughs> to life. Yeah, well, it's supposed to look like like an old Mac to or Mac Mac Plus display with like everything super mm-hmm. pixelated, um, but it's all in 3D and it moves very smoothly. And you can actually go between different monitor options. Say like, no, I want this to look like one of those uh, amber monochrome monitors or like uh, an early PC or you know stuff like that. And uh, you are an insurance investigator in 1807, I think, 
And this this lost ship, the Oberdin, that's been missing for over ten years, has just drifted into port. And so the game begins with you being rowed out in the middle of the night to climb aboard and try to figure out what happened. And you have two tools for doing this. A logbook where you record everyone's identities, uh, cause of death, and the person who caused the death. And a magic pocket watch. And whenever you approach a skeleton, you pull out the pocket watch. And then you can rewind time to see sort of like a frozen snapshot in time of the exact moment of that person's death. And from there, you have to figure out, like, okay, it starts out really easily. Uh, here's the skeleton. Rewind time. Oh, this guy's getting shot in the chest by the captain. So you can clearly say, like, okay, it's this guy died of gunshot wound by the captain. And then uh, as as you're investigating these memories, like, uh, you might, like, the, the watch might start to vibrate. And that means, like, oh, there's another dead body in this memory that I can then go up to and trigger another memory and see what happened to that person. And so you are going back in time, and, and what starts out as like a very conventional mutiny story quickly becomes really strange and really convoluted, and there's all this stuff about curses and monsters, and uh, it it's really, really, really good. That sounds like a big departure, because, I mean, Papers, Please, it was like a paperwork simulator. Yes. And like, literally, you, you played, what, a border agent who mm -hmm. had to check mm -hmm. people's papers to see if they get passed, but it was really just social commentary in game form. It was It was kind of talking about... I, well, the drudgery of everyday life and, and, and the hardships that people are going mm -hmm. through in, in some of these kind of like third world countries, fleeing from things like war, etc. Um, is there any of that here or this just sounds like it's more about the gameplay and the plot itself? I mean, it does feel like a, uh, you know, realistic or at least convincing portrait of life on a ship in the uh, the 18th century. Um you know, it's it's like an East India Company ship, so it's it's not like you know British Navy or anything like that. But uh, they, you know, there are passengers, and you investigate like, okay, what happened to the passengers? What did they do? Uh, uh, there there are moments where you'll venture off the ship, and you'll just be like wandering around on static water, investigating lifeboats, and like, okay, this person died. There's another corpse here. What happened to that corpse? Oh, something came up out of the water and grabbed them. Oh, this guy got ripped in half by a kraken. Um, <laughs> Sorry, what yeah, was the question? Quite a departure. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 very fantastical, but it it does it is really kind of grounded in that whole like uh, you know 18th century scrimshaw aesthetic. Oh no, still social yeah. commentary. You know the dangers of global warming. The kraken will return and kill us all. Right. I mean, that's what they have, like, know, it's it's social classes in there. Maybe? Yeah, well, yeah, kind of like you know there's. It's 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 definitely less blatant in its social commentary. I mean, uh, part of it is like, you know, the class strata on the ship. How yes. do they keep order? How does everything keep from going insane? There are there are moments where like people just start dropping like flies, and you'll be like, how did they continue after this? Because like about a dozen people just died in this one attack. Is it a one man show, or he has a small team? Because it sounds like he's. He's limiting the size of the game just by it's really just the ship and the immediate surroundings of the water. So it's not like mm -hmm. a ton of time is spent on the like building out the environments. Or no, anything. no, no. I mean, there, there are there is a credit sequence that is more than just him. Uh, I, I think he did the bulk of it. But then, like, there are translators, localizers. Um, and I, I think, yeah, he, he credits, for example, it's like, oh, these animal models were from this library. This was built in Unity, stuff like that. Basically, he's yeah. the one guy. Yeah. Oh, I like this, though. I like when you have kind of like 
a guy who is an indie guy and did one thing and then their next project is a complete departure and it sounds like though it's it's successful like and it's mm-hmm. and it's actually really good yeah and it's so, it's super super good so this is you know someone to keep keep an eye on even yeah. for, for the next project I, I would say if you're expecting something like uh papers please where there's like this sort of <laughs> addictive drudgery and it uh there's like a lot of open-ended ways that the story can go like this is not that there is a correct sequence of events that you are supposed to record as completely as possible you can leave the ship before you're done i i'm not sure what happens then because i'm such a completionist it's like no i'm gonna solve every murder even though a storm's coming before i leave this ship <laughs> and uh, so this is much more like in the Tahoma vein, like yeah, yeah. I don't want to say walking simulator, but it's it, not a walking simulator. I mean, okay. it is, but it isn't. There's there's more going on. So comparing it to Tahoma, are you you know as opposed to just like listening and seeing what happens? Are you supposed to like put the events in the right order, or does the game? I mean, you will you will experience the events out of order. You will figure out which order they happened in. It becomes clear when you know everything, but uh-huh. uh, I mean that's not the goal. Like every okay. every entry in the logbook is who is this person? That's challenge number one. Like trying to figure out just from contextual clues, like. Uh, okay, what's the name of this person? Uh, was it said earlier? Would, was their rank referenced in an earlier scene that I missed? Mm. And so you're going back and it's like, and okay, this person was slitting the throat of this cow, so they're probably the butcher. Okay, that, and, and when you get three correct guesses, it'll tell you and it'll lock those in. Oh, so, and sorry, we said Tacoma. I meant Tacoma. Yeah, um, I, I knew. So, so cross yeah. with the, maybe even like a little bit of like her story where it's like as you figure things out, it's like branching narrative in that it's like, oh, well, now I'm going to go check this out. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I haven't played her story, but yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. Cool. <laughs> so recommended? Pick it yeah, up? Strongly recommended. I, I enjoyed it a lot. You can play through it pretty quickly. I think I got through it uh, in a day, maybe maybe two, but um yeah, it's it's really good, you guys. You should all play it. Cool. Um, Soul Calibur Six also came out a day after that, and uh, it's fun. <laughs> I mean, probably the coolest thing about it that everyone's losing their minds yes. over is the character creator. <laughs> oh man, I just I just saw a Bob Ross that is just so wonderful. <laughs> I, no, the the best slash worst is the Kirby, where it's, oh, yeah? just, it's oh. like a giant overweight guy. Where they painted a mouth on his belly, <laughs> oh, and he's pink. It is. It's awful. I mean, there there is a lot of variety there. Like surprising. Like you can you can have a human, you can have a lizard man, and make a giant dick for him. Like some <laughs> people are doing. I saw that one. Yeah, it's like a, a, what is it? Like a cylinder, a heart, and an apple, and just you combine these shapes in the right way, and you get a giant dick. Um, knock the people off the arena. Yeah. <laughs> oh, does that become part of your hitbox? Yes. Oh my god! No wonder people are doing that. But you can also, uh, like, you can be a human, you can be a lizard man, you can be various shades of demonic entity, you can be a skeleton, so add that to the playable skeletons list, everybody. <laughs> this quick Google search found a, a, a Voldo Magikarp. It's just absolutely <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> yeah. You can, you can assign anyone's moves to any character model, male or female, that's pretty cool. I... I the first thing I did was make a, an angry-looking skeleton that had Ivy's moveset and voice. So it was like being all sexy and uh, <laughs> posing. It, it, but you can't you can't really customize the skeletons that much. Like, you can't put hair or clothing on them, which is disappointing. Okay, I was wondering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least I couldn't. Maybe I, I just made one for, like, the the story mode or, like, the there's there's like a mode where you create a character and then 
go into a thing with it. Maybe you have to earn your clothes. I don't know. But uh, you can also have like a an automaton character, so like a creepy robot. Yeah, this is a bunch of options. And just in case anyone is worried, yes, people have recreated Bowsette in the character. Of creator, course, so of don't course. worry. I was that. worried. I'm glad you <laughs> settled those that? fears. Yeah. Also, elves, orcs, they're in there for some reason. Sure. Well, you got Ger- uh, Geralt. So yeah, Geralt's in there. He needs, he needs fantastical creatures to fight. Uh, how is? Are you are you much of a fighting game guy? Or are you you know how's the in, the fighting engine itself and, and the gameplay I mean, and all it, that? It feels like Soul Calibur. I mean, it's, giant it's dick very fast. <laughs> I'm I'm not the fighting game connoisseur that I used to be. Um, mm-hmm. Never never like. Past Soul Calibur 2, I think, the one with Link, I really haven't played much of that series, to how's, be honest. How's the new edge reversal system? System That's the new system that they've introduced. It's kind of like a counter system. I didn't even notice it. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> so it must play an integral part in gameplay. Look, I play as Maxi, I mash buttons, I kick people out of the ring. That's my thing. All right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is, the, the thing with Soul Calibur to me is it's always been a, good, a game where you can feel really good by mashing buttons because mm-hmm. it looks pretty the whole time you're doing it. It's a bit yeah. like the DOA series in that way. Yeah. It was always, like, yeah, the best weapon-based fighting game, so... Mm-hmm. I mean, I, w- I was a little disappointed in that there doesn't seem to be, like, a straight-up arcade story mode. Like, I- I'm an old-school fighting game fan. I like to just start up a mode where I, like, fight my way through a dozen opponents or so, and then it gives me an ending. Uh, there doesn't seem to be that. There is there is a story mode where it's just, like, here's a lot of cutscenes, here's a fight, here's a lot of cutscenes, here's a fight. The cutscenes, by the way, are all static character portraits talking to each other. Um, and then I think it begins an introductory storyline with Killick, and then you get to play as the other character storylines, but I haven't made it through the introductory bit, honestly. But it's it's fun. It's still Soul Calibur. It, the, uh, there's a lot of variety in the arenas. Uh, that's a nice touch that I like. Uh, in, in their shape, not just their, their aesthetics. But Anyway, what else is out, Matt? Uh, earlier this week on the 23rd, we saw the release of Just Dance 2019. Yes, we on did. Every platform ever that anyone would Not have. PS3 Not this PS3. Not PS3. Yep, that one was left off. Yeah. Um, so read <laughs> read into Wii that as you will. Wii, Wii U is people. covered. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. and, and Wii. And Wii, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, PS4, Xbox One, no PC, uh, but Switch, Wii U, Wii, and 360. 360, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it's Just Dance. It's another Just Dance game. Here's one that kind of snuck past us or raced past us. Uh, Nickelodeon Kart Racers is coming uh, Nintendo Switch, X1, and PS4. Yes. Now with Ninja Turtles. This was like a game from like 10 years ago, though. Like, it's not the kind of game that typically gets released anymore. Yeah, it seems like shitty games are making a comeback. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I'm, I get stupid excited over this this kind of stuff. The idea that Run and Stimpy can finally race Ninja Turtles means m- my folders from middle school meant something. Right. <laughs> Thronebreaker, the Witcher Tales standalone Gwent uh, single player expansion. A lot of people um, are saying that's like great RPG in its own right. Yeah, it, Gwent it, yeah. Came, came to PC. I um I played a lot of Gwent in The Witcher Three. Uh, I got into the Gwent beta about a year ago, and uh-huh. I played a lot. Of, uh, played a bit of that. They so Gwent. I think Gwent in The Witcher was great. Uh, it was it was simplified. It was 
It was mm. just really fun. It was it was like a good Final Fantasy side game or mini game where you could spend a lot of time there and it had mm-hmm. surprising depth. I mean, to the point where they even released like tabletop versions, yes. like printed cards. Yes. Uh, the digital version, they had to change it up, right? Because, you know, you can only play so much of that game and they started to... There were almost too many modifications to the core rule set where it was like, all right, this is getting out of hand, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, to me, I, it, they sort of lost me when they lost the simplicity of going... But this... I like because I do like single player stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, having an entire campaign and it's standalone just by itself, just by a single player campaign, you get to play the card game uh, just like you did in The Witcher against NPCs. Yeah, that to me sounds promising and it's something that, that would bring me back to, you know, because I'm not going to sit there and spend time learning the meta and, and just going head to head against other real human beings. Who wants to play with human beings? I'd, I'd rather just play Nobody. Yeah. I read that there's actually a story mode where I don't know how much this game costs that you can just skip all of the card battles and just do it for the story. <laughs> which is crazy. <laughs> Here, don't play wow. this game. Why would you ever want to play the game that you bought to play? How Indeed. dare you? You know in The Witcher 3 where there's that mission where it's like, okay, you can save this guy um, if you win this round of rent, but if you don't, you know, you're gonna, he's gonna, we're gonna kill him. And I was like, forfeit. <laughs> That's how much I liked Gwent. <laughs> I, I admired the idea of it, but you know, you were saying you couldn't even get into the meta and stuff. Yeah, that's how I felt about that. And then, of course, on the 23rd, saw the release of the DLC for Spider-Man. Yeah. The heist DLC the featuring... Heist Black Cat! Yes, yes. Uh, and this then, might be my favorite Spider-Man character, Ren Mysterio. Did this hit with the New Game Plus, or New Game Plus was last week, and then this came out separately? I'm not really sure. Around the, I think, yeah, basically, they both give me a chance to go back to the game. So, yeah. So why not? But this is, uh, like, it, it seems to be pretty substantial. I played through the first mission last night, which is fairly long. And it, as the name implies, it involves a museum heist, so you get to go inside this museum and uh, try to stop a bunch of thugs from stealing a painting uh, by... You can you can trash the place if you want. You can just throw around priceless sculptures, and uh, of course Black Cat sneaks in, and she wants something from that painting. Um, I will say, toward the end of the mission, there's a bit where... The thugs just decide, like, well, hell with this. We're just grabbing whatever we can get our hands on and running out of here. Uh, And you have to stop the thugs from fleeing the building. Um, Resist the temptation to just post yourself by the exit and kick their asses one at a time because you will get overwhelmed. They will get past you. Instead, just go hunt them. Uh, You'll see the the markers that show up when when a thug grabs something. So just follow it, kick their ass, and uh, return to the center and wait. Anyway, but yeah, it's when I say it seems substantial. Like I got through that mission, and it said you've com- uh, you've got four percent completed. So it's like okay, so there's a lot. There's a lot to this. Hopefully, hopefully. And then remind me now. This is part of a series of DLC. Yeah, I think there's going to be three. There's three total. And then is this free or no? It costs this? money. It's, it's, it costs, costs ten bucks on its own, and you can buy the season pass for twenty four ninety nine. Okay, and it's not standalone. Have to own Spider Man, right? To yes. Get this. Okay, and it is accessible in the like when you're playing the game itself. There's like a new menu uh, with where like the skills and everything else are, and it just says DLC, and you can like switch to playing that episode, and so you can you can just switch manually between the the regular game or the DLC. Okay, and all your powers come across. Yes. All that stuff. Okay. And you will level up. Um, I don't think it, I haven't unlocked any new powers from where I am, but uh, 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I heard this might introduce new villains, even fun things yes. are teased in this that are coming. I mean, just soon. just the fact that Black Cat is in there is pretty awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, we mentioned on Friday Castlevania Requiem, which yes. is the, the compilation of. A Symphony of the Night and Rondo of Blood together, uh, coming exclusively to PS4. I shouldn't even be doing this podcast. Let me leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have not had a chance to play this yet. Um, I've read a few things online, and what I've heard is they're both still excellent games, but the package itself might be a bit bare bones. Yeah. So keep that. Well, in mind. I think part of the uh, the issue is that it is the uh, the redone scripts and voice acting from the PSP. Uh, release when uh, when Rondo and Symphony of the Night came out. Um, so we, we may not have the classic "What is a man?" Miserable policy. Right. The, the classic yes. lines that everyone loves. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm less perturbed by the uh, that script being used for Rondo of Blood because that's the only time it's been translated, as far as I know. Uh, you could you could get the original on Wii uh, Virtual Console, I think, but it was. Uh, you know, entirely in Japanese. So yeah. See, I've, I've played Symphony of the Night. I have not played Rondo of Blood. So this might be my mm-hmm. chance to play this game, and it could be worth it for that alone. I've played Castlevania Dracula X, which is not the same thing. <laughs> yeah, you need a tissue there. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> and of course, but the real game Friday. Mm. We spoke about already. Red Dead Redemption 2! Oh my god, cowboy game, cowboy game, yeah! Yeah, let's all be cowboys. Yeah! <laughs> let's Yahoo! be cowboys together. <laughs> and that's the new releases. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, leads us into... too many games i know i know well here's one i know you're gonna play chris uh because it ties in nicely with this week's episode of laser time about religious horror the vatican just released a pokemon go clone uh called jc go where you can collect saints to take with you in your everyday life yeah, they better be all white, god damn it. <laughs> oh, god damn it. Uh, so, um, all of my Arabian saints are white. In this game, you don't throw balls to collect them, <laughs> Pokeballs, you, uh, you, or rosary beads, if you will. You don't throw that to collect the saints. You just have to answer a series of questions to add oh, the saints to your what? own personal So what are some collection. of the questions? I don't know. I have not played this yet. I'm assuming they're probably Bible trivia questions mm-hmm. or something to have to do with sacraments or the saints or themselves. Lame Mormon shit like, did you know God has the plan for you? Yes. In uh, the Catholic yeah. game, they're going to ask you Mormon shit questions. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> yeah. that's how it's like, no. what did St. Patrick believe? No, it's... <laughs> It's all going to be stuff like, oh, if you want to do well at this game, you got to go to CCD. Why do the saints all talk like a creepy dude who lives in a van by the river? Because it's in older times. Everybody lived in vans by the river back then. (laughs) And Jesus Christ had the the finest van. His van was made of wood. How do you think I became a saint? You got to live in my van. I paid my dues, damn it. If you want to live forever, you have to pick the right van. You can't pick the gold van. You got to pick the carpenter's van. Actually, John the Baptist did kind of live by rivers. He I was say, he put aside the cares of the world, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> uh, so go pick that up. I don't know. It's, it was just funny. I had to grab it. Um, 
So Rockstar uh, has been making attempts all week at kind of cleaning up public perception after the big news story we discussed last week. Wait a minute. Um, Does that game have, like, free-to-play freemium stuff? That would be so Catholic. Oh, the Catholic. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, you, you, you... only today, the currency's on sale, and you can buy your way out of limbo into heaven. But, uh, just today. How many papal indulgences can I get my hands that's on? Right, that's right. A stuck turkey. Yeah, church doesn't do that anymore. Sorry. Um, Damn it. So, no, Rockstar, they were out. Um, first of all, they released a, a public letter on their RDR2 website uh, that basically reads something like this. So, Red Dead Redemption 2 has been a massive project spanning many years and multiple teams, and we are extremely proud of the work of the entire company in bringing this game to the world. We would like to extend our sincere thanks to all those whose contributions, both big and small, assisted in the journey along the way. Uh, they followed that by credits listing 3,000 names. Oh my god. So about the, the tenth the length of a typical Ubisoft credit. Right? <laughs> uh, Gotta get me in there somewhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so th- I mean, that is, you know, they were just, guess, I guess going out saying thank you for all those hundred hour work weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't, isn't the new controversy that like, uh, and I mean, this was a controversy before, but the idea that if you leave the company before the game is finished, they won't list you in the credits. That varies from company to company. Oh. So I've definitely, it, I mean, you know how this is at Ubisoft, yeah. Michael, like sometimes with game credits, like. An email goes around is like, "Hey, send me the names of the people in your department who worked right. on this game, and then yeah. that's how you get included." And if you are there when they're collecting those emails, like I've been in, in credits posthumously after leaving companies, me, I suppose. Me it's, too. Yeah, it's, yeah, like, it's oh. never anything malicious. It's just like this is the document of the people we have right now, mm-hmm. and, and if nobody wants to update it, that's what goes in the game. Yeah. Uh, another thing they did, so they let uh, they lifted the social media ban on employees yeah. uh, who were coming. And a lot of them came out in defense of the company mm-hmm. and kind of were talking about the policies, including one QA tester from Rockstar Lincoln in the UK. Uh, he wrote on Reddit that the company is actually – they updated their overtime policy so that – and this is – they've officially made all overtime optional, which seems crazy to me. I, I, I mean, shouldn't overtime – be optional, I guess. But, yeah, I notice um, that they've done it now. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah, it's and after so the, all this stuff, it's literally it, it's an official policy now where it is optional. But he then went on to say, "But if you want to get ahead, mm-hmm. uh, or if you, I mean, it will mean if you don't take that overtime, you're going to miss out on extra pay." And as someone who, when I first started, I worked at, at a job where I almost a majority of my salary was overtime when I was working long hours at, you know for movie studio like I would purposely take overtime because I wanted to get paid more where I would go work like screenings on weekends mm-hmm. and things like that and there were rules in place to say hey if you work on a weekend you're going to get paid this much more than you typically do where I, w- I would volunteer to do that because I wanted to get paid more money and so they said hey it's optional now, but a lot of people st- still are going to take it because they're going to get paid more. Um, wow. And, and then paid there's... to work the weekend at a games job? Uh, well, also, ooh. like, I, aren't ooh. a lot of them salaried? Like, do you get overtime when you're salaried? Well, QA. QA testers ah. typically are not. And so, yeah, that, okay. that, I mean, that's why they have an overtime policy. I, I think, though, a lot of this, though, still... It still goes back to that that point that George made uh, last on last week's show. Uh, I highly recommend go listen to that, um, where... I think Rockstar might be missing the point of some of this is it's that social pressure mm-hmm. and, and, and company culture where it's like, yes, you can come out there and say all these things, but it's it's actually what you don't say that's mm-hmm. resulting in a lot of this crunch culture. It's it's mm. it's the people who do stick around and work the long hours tend to get ahead and, and get promoted and things like this. And so it's 
yeah, even if it's not intentional, even if you're putting things in place to try to say, hey, hey, don't do this to yourselves. And, you know, they came out and they published stats saying, hey, you know, most people, the average pe- people work is about 43 hours a week or whatever. It's that the culture itself is sort of ingrained where it's like if you are working those those long weeks, those are the people who tend to get promoted or it's, mm-hmm. it's you know, it was uh, Dan Hauser himself who was, who was saying I work these hundred hour work weeks. It's like, hey, if you're leading by example, people think that's what it takes to get ahead in that company. So that's creating that culture. Uh, and so I think that's still the underlying issue that most people are still sort of upset about. Yeah. They, um, you know, it's, you, you still see stuff blowing up about it a lot. Uh, today, uh, Sam White at GQ published an article about the making of RDR and two. And, uh, one of the things I think there was a line in there about how, you know, some people think that like the elves make the game. I think it was just meant to be a throwaway line, but you know, one of the higher ups was saying that, but you know, people, pointed to that as the you know dehumanization of the the people where you know mm-hmm. so because people don't see them as people it's like elves making the game so it, that contributes to it too mm. i know some of the guys at waypoint were believe that. that is what these simpsons writers referred to the to the animators as mm-hmm. uh, yeah, not so much uh, a negative thing like we don't actually know what they do mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah they just wave their magic wands and it happens yeah we do our job and wait for them to do theirs mm-hmm. Uh, so Jade Raymond, former Ubisoft employee, is leaving EA Motive. Hmm. Uh, it came out this week. So uh, Samantha Ryan, who currently runs EA Mobile, uh, Maxis, Bioware, she's now going to oversee Motive. Uh, and then kind of the way the statement reads, it comes across like Ryan's promotion is sort of what resulted in, in Raymond leaving. So let me read the statement and you guys can decide for yourselves. So EA Studios is focusing on bringing more creative new games and content to players. Uh, Laura Meal, I'm probably reading that wrong, and her team have taken several steps internally to better support our game makers in this pursuit, such as expanding Samantha Ryan's portfolio to lead additional studios, including Motive. Samantha is known for driving creative design and supporting game teams so that they can bring their visions to life. She's a deeply experienced game maker with a gameography that spans from The Sims to Batman Arkham City to No One Lives Forever, oh nice, to the highly anticipated anthem, and here's the key point. Uh, with this change, Jade Rabin has decided to leave Electronic Arts. Uh, in her time with us, Jane helped build or Jade helped build great teams, and our projects underway at Motive and other studios continue unchanged. We're appreciative of all her efforts. We wish her all the best, future endeavor, blah, 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 yeah. blah. Uh, Raymond, I mean, so this was, she was the original producer on, on the original AC, and then an EP on AC2. She was on Splinter Cell, Watch Dogs. Like, she was at UB forever. And I remember when she went and left UB, well, she went in UB to found, like, their Toronto studio for a bit. And then when she left EA to found Motive, it was, like, kind of a shock. Like, wow, I thought she'd be with UB forever. And so, yeah, she's someone that you should definitely be following in the games industry um, and just kind of whatever she works on next is worth paying attention to. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. She's good people. Yeah. That Jade Raymond. We wish her the best of luck in her future endeavors, which will be donning the helm that bears her name and conquering Texas for the Obamas. (laughs) (laughs) Wall Jade Helm. Nice. (laughs) I get it. Politics. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Nike has signed its first ever esports athlete uh, to a deal. This is a Chinese League of Legends player named... uh, No, I'm going to mispronounce this wrong, wrong. So, Jian... Uzi Zihao, Zihao is his last Perfect. name. Perfect. There it is. Sure. So this is all, it's teaming up with LeBron James for this dribble and campaign. Uh, so to, I, think, gonna, I think the, the nickname is just Uzi, so Jian Zihao. 
Right. You know, yeah, I, I, I knew Uzi wasn't part of his name. <laughs> it sounded like it was. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus, dude. Um, so it's part of this campaign where it's going to be Dribble and Carry, which I guess to these league kids carries a deal. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, but um, and that I, what I love about this campaign, it's a response to that Fox News to Laura Ingraham saying, just shut up and dribble LeBron. And so Nike went on the, and they created this shirt campaign to say, well, I'm going to dribble and do all these inspirational mm-hmm. things. And so, uh, yeah, Uzi's thing is dribble and carry. And so it's not the first time an athletics uh, company has sponsored something for esports like Champion sponsors Team Dignitas. Uh, Ninja was on the ESPN, the magazine cover recently. But to me, it's big because it's Nike. It's like the mm-hmm. biggest uh, sports apparel company out there. And it's mm-hmm. just kind of like further furthering esports being mainstream and something that people are just used to and, and out there. I mean, maybe, you know, let's let's be honest, it's, it's mostly young people, right? So. I'm, I'm waiting for the it's got to be the shoes commercial that establishes that it's the shoes <laughs> that help him play League of Legends well. <laughs> just I, I'm waiting playing with his feet. I'm waiting to find the actual active where Nike ends up developing oh, for God. the esports audience. What is that, like a more more porous crotch in your umbro shorts? <laughs> <laughs> like, how? What? It's, what would it's that a new be? line of leisure wear. Get your socks. Yeah. Why would? How do you? How do you market to gamers like a uh, uh, thirteen dollar socks? Like I don't understand. <laughs> gaming socks. Gaming they match socks. your your gaming mouse pad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> more clicks per second. The Nike Air shirt. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, you might want those those vented crotch pants if you got into the Fallout 76 beta, uh, which uh, one of them began this week, and I think they're running a series of them. But what was interesting is Bethesda started the beta with an explanatory note on their website. Basically, uh, there's a lot of sites covering this as if it's Bethesda opening the beta with a note that is ex- ex- explaining away their bugs. And yes, that's in there, but really... If you read the full text of the note, the note is basically setting up this game as a live service game. It's just saying what you're playing Mm. now is the first iteration of something that will continue to to evolve and change. And yes, bugs are part of that, and we will clean those up over time. Yeah, but a lot of websites... That's the nature of a beta. Yeah, right. Mm. But a lot of websites were approaching it like, ha ha, Bethesda goes out there in advance to warn you about the bugs in their buggy games Mm because Bethesda games are buggy, Mm. har har har. And it's like, no, dude, they're just saying this is a live game. It's an online service game, which... Kind of, yeah, that's what everyone had been guessing about this game. It's just further proof and confirmation yeah. of that. Well, look, I think as long as it's not a game-breaking bug, Bethesda's bugs tend to be delightful. Yes. You know, rotating heads and dogs getting their uh, noggins stuck in med kits Back and things like flying that. Dragons. Yeah. Yeah. The ones that don't result in hard crashes mm-hmm. on a console. Like, yeah. the first time I've ever seen that on a console <laughs> was Morrowind. Like, wait. My console can just freeze up or I have to hard reset this thing, like mm-hmm. turn off the power and turn it back on. Yeah. Well, Morrowind also had like a, a trap for uh, over-adventurous players like right at the beginning. I think out, outside of the first town, there's like you can find this scroll with like a jump spell. Yeah. And if you use it, it just will pro- propel you into the stratosphere and like across <laughs> the map and then you'll just fall and die. <laughs> <sighs> Those sounds, are the days. That sounds intentional. Mm-hmm. That's a feature, not a bug. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then last bit of news. Uh, so I'm going to make this weekly, man. Destiny 3 rumors and speculation are out there. This is in your weekly Destiny news. Uh, so Anon the Nine, who's a, he's sort of a prominent Destiny leaker. He or she, who knows, is a prominent Destiny leaker. Uh, they shared a host of new details about the future of Destiny. 
in particular Destiny 3. So next year is going to be another expansion, sort of like Forsaken. They, they're, they're saying this. So uh, next September, you will have kind of another big Forsaken-type release where it's kind of annual pass, you know, big release followed by season pass content. But it's the game after that that is going to be um, a full, dedicated, brand-new game, Destiny 3, where they're leaning more into the RPG stuff where Guardians are going to have expanded abilities and this is interesting they might even be able to have powers of darkness uh which could mean new supers and subclasses uh yeah and and there, there could be a lot of story implications there where if you are a guardian who goes over to the dark instead of uh hmm. using the power of light to power you i'm sure you'll still have to grind dark for hundreds of hours just to increase your dark level by a few mm, points grind but, dark mm, that is the appeal of uh, destiny so yeah and then oh and then the game could possibly feature Europa, which was kind of in the concept art for the original Destiny. So, yeah, that could be a location. You know, that location from what 2010. Mm-hmm. I just like the PVEVP uh, mode. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's kind of what Gambit is. It's a PVEVP hmm. mode anyway. So, yeah, that's yep. easily I could easily see that happening. Uh, but that is all the news that's fit to play. All right. Well, let's move on to the community segment, which is always is segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week, as you might remember, was if you could customize your console with any startup sound, what would it be? Leif, you weren't here last week. Mm-hmm. Do you have a, an answer off the top of your head? Right off the top of my head, something that I wouldn't get annoyed by, I could listen to every day, World of Warcraft leveling sound. Oh, nice mm-hmm. one. Yeah. 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 I'd go for that. All right. Um, we, we have an answer from Twitter here. Uh, Kyle JCRB says, I want my console startup sound to be the soothing voice of one macho man, Randy Savage, proclaiming, you want to handle this, Chris? Oh, yeah. Is that the one? Yeah, that's the one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He is literally Uh. snapping into a Slim (laughs) Jim. Cup of coffee in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Hulk Hogan don't know nothing about starting up an Xbox. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Play my rap album. Yeah. My perfect friend. <laughs> Join my party. Complain about Fallout 76. <laughs> <laughs> From uh, com, first responder Laser Time Rules says, My startup sound would be Mr. Burns telling me I'm good at turning him on. Who wouldn't want that? Good at turning me on. Hello, Smithers. You're quite good at turning (laughs) me on. Nice. You should probably ignore that. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Uh, Hansel Ungretel says, uh, I honestly uh, still love the original Xbox startup sound. I still hear it whenever I start up my Hyperkin Xbox One Duke. The Duke! Even though there's obviously no sound from that tiny LED screen on the controller. That's ridiculous. Do you remember when startup sounds didn't have to be pleasant? (laughs) (laughs) That's fucking crazy. A nightmare made real. (laughs) Red Cyclone Inc. says, I've already used it as a text tone. But the versus screen music from Street Fighter 3 Third Strike would be my system startup sound. One, it's instantly recognizable to anyone who's entered the new world of Street Fighter 3. Two, it's not long enough to get annoying. 
Three, it's a sick guitar riff, so what's not to love? Also, immensely happy that G, who is a nod <laughs> to Q, is absolutely godlike in five. <laughs> That's, I forgot about that. It, it seems like a previously on Street Fighter. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, wow. Hey, there's an opportune use of that, Chris. Wow. A friend of DeSoto oh, wow. says, I would pick the Owen Wilson saying, wow, sound wow. for the Xbox One, because wow. that would be a better novelty than the Taco Bell. Is it bong, dong, or gong? Let's, 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 he let's, says it's dong. Yeah, he dong says dong. dong, but we're playing our, our game show. Uh, think about it. Wouldn't you like the comforting sound of the best Wilson brother, debatable, uh, let you know that the greatest gaming machine is starting up just fine? Wow. 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 Flippers and all. Wow. All right. You get it. Owen Wilson literally played himself. Uh. Oh, yeah. Stinky Britches says uh, the Half-Life HEV suit charging uh, sound immediately came to mind. The crunchy electrical sound is awesome. It immediately brings back an oh, yeah feeling. I mean, yeah, that's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it took me a second to conjure it in my head, but thank you for the noise. Mm. Thank you, Aaron Chados of the Facebook community. <laughs> Who says the best startup sound for video game console, it would have to be the complete rendition of the HBO feature presentation song from the 80s with the background noise before the song starts. <laughs> that song made the anticipation of watching any disappointing movie better. Imagine that with your gaming experience. So, Dad in the living room. Oh, yeah. Turning the TV on. Pans out to the completely fake-looking city full of... Mm -hmm. Is that early CG? There's a behind-the-scenes making of this commercial. It's amazing. Ooh, helicopter shot into the fake street. Mm -hmm. Fake bus goes by. Fake theater marquee lighting up. I'm getting so pumped up right now. Here it comes. Oh, there it is. There it is. That repeating And then we zoom up to the fucking sky with a goddamn logo. Oh, we're in the oh! Oh my God, Hawkins Cross is gonna be so good! Whoa! Wow! Wow! Oh, I can't. Why is that so awesome? Oh, thank you, Enchados. Stephen Bonadies says the police nuts. Do 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 from the MGS logo screens. Pretty good. That one's like low key my favorite. I had no idea that yeah. was police knots. That that's just that's the opening of Metal Gear Solid for me. Yeah, or or uh, to live and die in LA. It's a good movie. Mm. <laughs> Nihilistic in the end. Guess guess what? They don't live. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
All right. We're going to have Nick Turner here. She says, since it was loud as hell anyway, I'd make the Dreamcast startup sound the scream of my favorite animated character. Oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Lemon grab screaming at you really do smell like dog buns. <laughs> but uh. his entry goes on and says, my favorite actual sound is from the PS1 because it was so goddamn long, which always built up my anticipation and sort of mystical sounding, which sold me on the idea that I was about to experience something special. for it I hear that sound all the time because I, I got the 20th anniversary pack for my PS4 mm-hmm. and that is part of it that, that started really yeah. yeah now see as someone who pirated a lot of PS1 games I can tell you that second yeah. sound is when the uh, the basically the PS1 is approving the disc it's like yes right. this you- hits the lock code <laughs> I don't have to reset this or turn this upside down <laughs> Uh, and for me, that that startup sound is the only one that comes with a smell. Really, I just yeah, I I, I remember a smell, and I think either that's because I I think it's a mixture of a couple things. One, we're a little older and kind of getting to define our free time and bringing our console over to people's houses, which we didn't previously have the ability to do because we're just little kids. But also because we were becoming older kids, and I think smelling bad and uh, being really <laughs> awful to whatever room the PlayStation was in. Oh, man. I was giving you the benefit of the doubt and thinking the smell would be like ozone smell. Nothing crazy, but like there's a general, I think, must to a Florida summer mm-hmm. um, in addition to like Oh, I can now go buy my own pizza and leave it next to the TV for five days straight. <laughs> that, that, that's there. It is. It is not a good, pleasant smell, but it 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 warms me with like weird nostalgia. You're not a real teenager unless you are also eating the pizza that is left by the TV over the course of those five days. Oh yeah, yeah. The fucking the, like, the table is a free refrigerator. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> a warm refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Uh, God. Yeah. So, side note: uh, How many of you are looking forward to hearing that sound when you pick up the PlayStation Classic this December? I am. I don't know why. He's right. It's it's too long, mm-hmm. but it's it's not as unpleasant as the Xbox One. <laughs> <laughs> That's. I can't argue with that. Uh, yeah, I'm just glad I didn't have like a surround sound speaker system. That would have bothered the hell out of any mother, girlfriend, boyfriend I could ever. Oh have. yeah. Yeah yeah. Uh, Jay Hines or Jay Heinza says, I would pick the sound of the DeLorean from Back to the Future when it travels through time. The mm. three popping sounds and the whoosh. Back to the Future is my all-time favorite movie and the movie that began my descent into nerddom. Never heard like an actual whiplash in there before. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah, I have a. I think I got it from ThinkGeek. I have a model car of the DeLorean, and it, it does that sound. But then it'll also do the sound when the DeLorean's kind of breaking down, just sputtering when it mm-hmm. doesn't time travel. It's like <laughs> coughing and dying. Oh man. Uh, Vincent Goodwin says the THX intro that ran before movies, specifically the one where it's broken and the robot has to fix it. Oh, fuck.
That's a long one. That's a long one. But that, that was the, the intro that let you know, yes, I'm going to see a really cool, slick movie in the 90s. Ooh, Tyler uh, Tyler Watson says the perfect startup sound already exists. It's a Sega CD. That shit freaks me out. <laughs> Man, that's kind of awesome. Oh, damn. This is so cool. <laughs> Let's just pick the fuck up. Did, did anybody get a Sega CD super late? And every time I saw this, I'm like, is this working? <laughs> it's like what happens when the PS2 doesn't read your disc. Oh, man. The irony of this is it's the Sega CD. That's fucking MIDI music. Yeah. Like, the whole thing is you can play CD quality music from a CD. Yeah, but you can't really save it on the ROM chips. So. Okay, fine. Yeah. Uh, Ricardo Perry says, Mr. Scream from Wayne's World 2. All right, let's hear this. <laughs> so, uh, I Marcy that Darcy's. I, I love the joke in that scene, which is that is played by Ted McGinley. Of Married yeah. with Children fame, he's Darcy, and he was also in Revenge of the Nerds. Fellow USC alum, Ted McGinley, a former captain of the water polo team in ah, real life. No. Um, yeah, basically like the most handsome man ever. Uh, and, uh-huh. and he plays the screaming guy, and then the guy that they go to do the radio interview with is named Handsome Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Words are fun. <laughs> Not, and he's played by uh, Legendary Simpsons voice, Chris. Uh, Harry Shearer. Yeah. Uh-huh. Nice. Uh-huh. Nice. That's my favorite line of his there. Uh-huh. Words are fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Andrew Harbour says, My system startup sound would be the almighty battle cry of Prince Adam as he raises his power sword high above his head and, by the power of Grayskull, proclaims, I have the power! Yes, I am Adam. Has to be that so, whole thing. I know. I just kicked okay. in. I am Adam. This is my mild hot take. Um, only because, like, I thought it was hacked to have this ringtone on my phone, which I do. I have the instrumental to the theme song. Oh, nice. Uh, this is the only well-made thing in He-Man history. Yes, God, one hundred percent. It's really good. I saw that a couple like, of years get, ago, thinking you know, my, you have all these memories of it. Yeah, it's, it's so awful. It's on Netflix. You can just watch the first episode. It is like so totally uneven and weird and like you yeah. can totally see like they're just reusing the same reanimated or rotoscoped cells of like yeah here's a, like dude, a like, really really fat guy with, like just <laughs> with muscles drawn just on him sort of lumbering toward the camera and doing a roll or <laughs> yep but when you take the when you take the all the cheesy prince adam narration out of there that song is a 
astonishing. It really is. It's, it's so good. And like, it wasn't until I listened to it in, as, as an adult that I realized, like, this is so multi-layered. There's all these different yeah. instruments in there. It's just a fucking banjo. <laughs> it sounds it's, amazing. It's, <laughs> it's like the saddest violin I've ever. Like the angriest. Like you better fucking conquer Skeletor. It's so mad. It, I love this theme song. My uh, my college roommate. Um, was really into geeky stuff like this. He went on to work uh, for Mattel, and he worked on the reboot of Masters of the Universe that came out a few oh, years wow. ago. Yeah, and so he was he he corrected all of that, all of that quality issues that we used to have because he basically made it the show that in our nostalgic minds we were remembering before uh-huh. going back and actually. <laughs> oh, watching that's the good show. because yeah, that is cheesy as fuck. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> this is my my I just the specific moment I have of He Man like. Oh no, there's some brand new villains heading our way real fast. This one has the head of a skunk. This one has the head of a horse. Uh, what, what are you going to do, He-Man? I know exactly what to do. And off screen, you just hear whoosh, 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 whoosh. And then the, the, they fly into an invisible va- barrier. I'm like, He-Man, what did you do? Uh, oh, I, I spun the sand together so fast, I created glass. <laughs> and like... What the fuck? What you could have shown us? That would have been. I thought the whooshing was his mom's credit card from buying the toys. <laughs> now available at Toys R Us. Well, here's here's yeah. what I'll say about like I now that I think about it, like I didn't just watch one episode of He Man. I like binged several episodes. And the, poor thing. Don't, don't yeah. ever, don't <laughs> ever. Are you, are you in a masochism? No, listen, listen. Like, don't ever just watch them. They are awful, but they are pretty passable if you're doing something else and you just want something on TV in the background. Like if you're cleaning or you know uh, straightening things out, whatever. Like something that doesn't involve like looking at the TV too much. It's kind of fun to hear that in the background. So what's really what's really great is the only thing you should buy for that. You can't watch the whole series of He Man. You'd be an idiot. You would <laughs> like just give me that money and I'll make fun of you on the podcast and waste your time for fifty two hours. Yeah. Uh, but but there's a ten episode best of and that's big air quotes box set. <laughs> but but more than that, like it's every on episode has. You're already paying a subscription fee. Just watch. No it. no, it's only on the DVD and oh. it's it's a best of in that it's all the people who made the episode. Telling you why it's their favorite and why they made it. And mostly it's people shitting on it, especially Paul <laughs> Dean, who, who went on to, to make uh, Bat, like be instrumental in Batman the Animated Series. And he is just cr- oh, wow. he shits all over the show entirely. Like, we couldn't do this and that. God, this sucked. Are we really going to show this in its entirety? Uh, it's it's really funny and, and just a really good look, in my opinion, as someone who loves animation, that like not everybody loved their work. <laughs> um, <laughs> Filmation, ladies and gentlemen. God damn. Okay, can I can I do one more? I I want to do one uh, just from last week that I didn't I didn't add in. This this is what I'm actually going to put on my console startup sound. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Guy falling over in front of the Seven Eleven, <laughs> uh, dropping his big fucking slushy and yelling shit. That the only thing that makes me laugh more is the one of the two Spider Men uh, fucking each other and ass slapping at the end of the, the game. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> All right. So last one. Uh, actually, both Andrew Shaw and Jason Cromer had this. Uh, Andrew Shaw says it's October, but horror should be year round. I'd love this to be my startup sound, especially if I'm playing Friday the Thirteenth. Jason Cromer says my ideal startup sh- sound. Well, actually, you know, what? I'm not going to read the rest of that because you'll just have to hear it. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha. 
Here comes the Jace Jace. Uh. <laughs> little uh. kid from your Friday the 13th stream. I, I went back and watched that stream today from uh, the YouTube.com slash laser time. Well, don't, don't watch the stream. We have a, a video where we collected nothing. Like, it's just four minutes and we collected nothing <laughs> but un. <laughs> Unchaperoned children running into our M-rated game stream and screaming their lungs out. I hate to do this because it dates the podcast, but so we, we <laughs> talked about last week, like, that game is free on PSN right now, but it's also on sale on Xbox. It's only $6, and so I picked yeah, it up. Huh. I picked it up because, like, you know, when you have PS Plus or whatever, if you if you stop subscribing, you lose access to the game, so I'm like, well, you know, I just want the game forever, but that is those are my Halloween plans, man. I'm going to go play that game mm. and have little 12-year-olds yell shit at me all night yeah. long. Somebody, <laughs> somebody in the Laser Time Facebook community... Uh, which is uh, which you have to search to find. You can be let in. Um, just posted like I just downloaded it. I just played it. Ten minutes. Children. Every time. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Every like time. And they don't know. Like yeah. half the the joke is they don't know who Jason is. Like that they're not familiar with the character like we are. They just to them it's just an online multiplayer yeah. game. It's the killer. Yeah, he, yeah. He just daylight. calls him the. No, and in in one of our streams, you can hear a kid refer to him as "Look out for Slender." He refers oh, to him as Slender. No. Jesus Christ. Yeah. No. Uh, uh, but the reason that was the last sound is that's a nice chance for you, Chris, to plug. Yeah! Uh, having a real tough time getting all these uh, awesome Elm Street Nightmare Season 2 uh, episodes up, but we should have the seventh one up by the time you hear this show, or a little bit after. The seventh one in the seventh, uh, the seventh Friday the 13th is the introduction of whom? Of course, you're all saying Kane Hodder. Can you believe that? The uh, most iconic Jason, the guy who did the motion capture for Friday the 13th, the game, uh, is introduced in the seventh film, and most would call him the preferred Jason, and I definitely can see that. It's fucking, he's awesome. He's he's more like your memory of what Jason is, especially not that, like, bumbling bumpkin from two and three that, like, <laughs> little girls can trip. Boop, sir, I'm Jason, just getting started over here with this new body. I've been living <laughs> and, a leg this whole Peter time. Griffin. Sorry, I'm a little rusty with these legs. Uh, it, it's, yeah, I love part six and seven and uh, eight. You know, <laughs> there's, re- I'm, we're gonna, I haven't watched it yet, but I'm gonna, I feel like I'm gonna really enjoy it. Because spoiler, and I was going to say it on the show, that is my in, that is my gateway into the Friday the Thirteenth series, Part Eight. Didn't find anything wrong with it, loved it, and went backwards from there. First time I'd ever heard Kane Hodder's name is he was winning a Lifetime Achievement Award at an MTV Mu- Movie Awards. It was like, mm-hmm. who is this guy? And it was for his work in the Friday the Thirteenth series. Yeah, for the I think he played Jason the most. <laughs> yes, um, he was the mostest Jason. That's true. He yeah. did. You'll learn in that series, which is uh, available exclusively for patrons, that. Uh, up until Kane Hodder, no one played the role of Jason Voorhees twice, ever. Like, it was always a different guy. Wow. Um, and, and, and he really did end up defining <laughs> the look and lumbering nature of Jason uh, in the, some of the worst movies he had. <laughs> uh, but yeah, That's GameCube noise shit. Jasons. But uh, yeah, yeah, Seven is a total blast. And um, he should have been in Freddy vs. Jason, goddammit. Hmm. Seven is the one with the psychic girl? It is that she right. she of the new blood fame, and you right, will learn yes. why they try to do that. Spoiler: It has a lot to do with not being able to get Freddy versus Jason off the ground for about fifteen years. Uh, <laughs> I see. So we will swap in a carry that we don't have to pay Stephen King for. Hmm. Right. <laughs> and and that's that's wait that's and then other than that, one more quick plug: Halloween Spooky Short Showcase. If you're anywhere near the North Florida area, a free show. If you like spooky old cartoons. Um, 
including some new stuff that I have in there, some 90s stuff. But uh, yeah, like almost two hours of short-form uh, 2D animation content hosted by me uh, with trivia and prizes. It should be a ton of fun. And uh, for patrons at the $5 level, we're trying to film it and uh, get it to you. Uh, let's call it in a gray area of legality behind the Patreon window. So you should be able to see it in its entirety um, with my quips and everything. Nice. Among other things, including bonus time this week where Sam and I talk about all about the hurricane. It's uh, a little political. Jesus. Enjoy. All right. We'll do. I don't have to plug anymore. This isn't even the end of the show. <laughs> well, new question of the week. Uh, what would be your weapon of choice in a haunted Wild West to take on the army of zombies, vampires, ghosts, goblins, ghoulies, etc.? A Gatling gun with unlimited rounds, all shaped like crosses. Yeah, that sounds about yeah. It's pretty similar to my so idea. Basically, if you could condense Dark Watch's entire arsenal into one large uh, rapid fire gun, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking along pretty much the same lines. Kind of a Gatling crossbow mm-hmm. uh, that shoots the cross shaped, silver tipped uh, wooden stakes. Hmm. Can never be too careful. Yeah, maracas, but. Instead of when you shake them, you know, they don't just make music, they shoot bullets. Oh, <laughs> you can use that Samba de Amigo purple for something. Yeah. Uh, my weapon of choice to defeat Western enemies, obviously, it's the Pinkertons. Yeah, the I entire want. Pinkertons. You'd like Hard West. <laughs> They're especially useful if the uh, the skeletons try to strike, and you need to, uh, m- you know, make an example of a few of them. And they will they will crush you with money. There's no there's mm. no way you can defeat the Pinkertons. You can try an entire caravan of scary mothers and children skeletons heading towards your Texas border, mm. and that oh. will be defeated by money. The Pinkertons are they still around? They were like the Blackwater of their day. Yeah, they were yeah. up around to like the forties. Oh Jesus. Yeah, you're looking at him, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you win. The Pinkertons would be the best weapon. <laughs> I did, I did pick a, a very scary army as my weapon. That's probably not fair. Uh, you know, if not that, I'll just say Blackwater, Eric Prince for life. Sure. And and I'll I'll take an additional uh, I'll, I'll scrub the uh, cross shaped bullets remark and just take a page from one of my favorite cartoonists, Tony Millionaire, and say. Bullets that say penis on them. Don't just kill. <laughs> insult. God, I had to read the word penis and then die. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what weapon would you carry into battle in a haunted old west? Let us know. Go to vidgamapocalypse.com. Answer under the post for episode 287 in the comments alternately. You can go to the official Laser Time community on Facebook and uh, answer there. There'll be a thread that you can uh, post your comments to, or you can hit us up on Twitter at VG Apocalypse. Uh, anyway, that's our show. Let's go out with some more plugs. Leif, you're the guest. Where can people see your stuff? Uh, you can see me on Macworld.com. I'm, uh, you know, I used to do video games all the time. Now I write about Apple stuff. There's video games in that sometimes. But, uh, but yes, uh, Leif Johnson at Macworld, and you can see me there. Sometimes on PC World. You combine worlds? That's a hell of a crossover. I know, right? <laughs> you could even say worlds collide. I have become deaf. <laughs> I did enough plugs. I will plug 302010 this week because um, I wish one of you guys was there with me because um, I didn't realize this. The game's celebrating its 10th anniversary next week. 
is Fallout 3. Wow. And I, if you can believe it, because it feels like A, a much older series, but B, sort of a newer series, because Fallout 3 is really the Fallout you all were going to right. play. You weren't going to play a real-time strategy game. <laughs> uh, that yeah. was Bethesda reinventing the, the entire franchise. But using the well-established template of the um, over-the-head PC game, and uh, I don't know, I just think it's it's pretty. It's kind of a beautiful success story of yeah. taking a, a franchise into a, a bold new genre and everybody loving it even more. Mm-hmm. And let's give it credit where credits due. It reintroduced Danny Kaye into the houses of so many Americans. Right. <laughs> uh, yes, mano, mano, mano. I don't want to leave the Yes. But it's been 10 years, and as we will find out, war rarely changes. <laughs> war has changed. Solid snake. But only if you like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> A ch- changed war is locked behind the Patreon paywall. <laughs> if only. If only. Uh, my, my only plug is just to say... Um, here, well, let's do this. Let's do kind of a listener drive. You know what would help us is just tell a friend about the show. If you if you know friends who like video games, <laughs> tell them about us. Uh, you know, we do this every week, every Friday. It's a fun, really dumb little show. We love that you listen, but we want more people to listen. So uh, spread the word. Go on iTunes, write reviews. That always helps. All of that stuff. Uh, it helps more than you think, folks. So uh, yeah, just kind of give us a shout out. Really yeah. appreciate it. And then uh, follow me on Twitter at Maddie C. Allen. One caveat, unless your friends uh, are my parents. Do not tell them. <laughs> no. I, I don't want them to know what I'm up to. Mom, Dad, don't listen to this. Same. Yes, constantly. please. Turn it off. <laughs> turn off if, the radio. If you've listened to this point, go back and do an Eternal Sunshine. I don't want you having this memory. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that's been our show. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. As always, you can hit us up on Twitter at VG Apocalypse or me personally at Wikiparas. We'll see you next week. Uh, maybe Jesus a little Christ. bit. Uh, Sorry, I can I can lower him slightly. Oh no! <laughs> That's good. I'm wishing into the cornfield, Chris. No.